So what does wellness mean to you? Welcome to Wellness Wednesdays. I'm your host, Eric Clark. This week, another special guest, Ben Dion, who's a storyteller, mental health advocate, and uh, someone who's not afraid to talk about anything. And we're going to get into his story in a little bit. Sorry, first, we and we'll give a little shout out to this beautiful space we're in. Uh, lovely uh, pop-up uh, studio where you can uh, pop-up podcasting, where you can record some of these uh, some of these lovely podcasts that you're on or that you you listen to. Uh, this is a, a bit of a of a treat. Uh, we've got a, a sound engineer. We've got uh, live guests. We've got the sun shining. It's uh, it is a beautiful day, and we're going to listen to some some good stories and really dive into some of the good stuff and not so good stuff and, and what we can learn from this individual. So welcome to the podcast. And thank uh, you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> a little, little delay. It's always, it's always fun. Um, I wasn't sure. Uh, I wasn't sure when you wanted me okay. to chime in there. So yeah. I was just going to keep quiet okay. awkwardly long. Yeah. Thanks for calling me special, by the way. I'm, okay. I appreciate that. And, and special in a good way. Somebody other than my mom calling me special. <laughs> yeah. It's a fantastic day. Yeah. It yeah. is a nice studio too. Yeah. It's a beautiful space for yeah. sure. Um, so Ben, just tell us a little bit, kind of the Coles Notes version, um, how you got to where you are today, um, and what makes you special? Uh, well, I start my day off with a jar of paste every yeah. morning. Yeah. Uh, that's part of it. I have a hockey helmet at home. Yeah. I forgot it today. Yeah. Uh, no, that's terrible. Um, what makes me special? There's really, I mean, if I'm going to be really serious about yeah. it, there's nothing really that special special about me. Uh, but I do feel a, uh, sort of obligation. I don't know if it's an obligation, but a want definitely to, to share my experience and hopefully affect other people's minds, opinions, lives through sharing it. Uh, but Cole's notes, I've kind of been working on those Yeah, trying to, you know, simplify it. Uh, cause it is a really big, conversation but essentially uh when i was younger i was 17 i went away to college didn't have a great time i was diagnosed with schizophrenia uh, about six months say four to six months after coming back from uh from college and you know that's uh that's a heavy it's a heavy diagnosis um schizophrenia is an interesting ball game uh, especially even, I think even in the mental health world, it's kind of like of the mental illnesses, it seems to be, it's the, it's the dirty cousin. It's, it's the, kind of the yeah. black sheep. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Of, you know, a lot gets talked about anxiety and depression, schizophrenia, not so much. Yeah. Uh, the conversation when I was diagnosed, I'm, I'm hoping it's different now. I don't necessarily know that it is, but how long, how, how long ago? So just, we can I was 17. So yeah. I'm 30. I just turned, actually I turned 33 on Sunday. Okay. Um, happy, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Easter, Easter birthday this yeah. year, which somebody made the uh, rebirth yeah. joke. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. It's there. No. It's obvious. Well, it's always yeah. almost like April Fool's at the same time, too. So, Well, it yeah. to- totally. Yeah. I was texting with a friend of mine earlier, too. Is there's some sort of... Re- Anyways, 33, right? Yeah. G- the Jesus yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. It's like the year of rebirth. Yeah. And my 33rd was on Easter. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, spooky, I man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> good thing you're still here. Yeah. 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 Uh, but anyway, so that diagnosis, the conversation that came along with it when I was diagnosed was, uh, hopeless, super unmotivating. Essentially it was, you're never going to get better. You're never, you you know, it was like, here, take this pill. We're going to figure out your dosage, but you're going to take this for the rest of your life. 
which is really difficult to hear when you're 17. And what, what goes through your mind at that, at that point? It's not something, hopefully, knock on wood, it's not a conversation that many people have had, but what, what goes through your mind? Well, it's a conversation that a lot of people have had. I think it's like 1% of Canadians are diagnosed okay. with yeah. schizophrenia. So yeah. it's, it's a significant number. I think 1% of Canadians is like 300,000 or something like that. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, maybe it's a drop in the bucket, but it's a lot of people. You know, what goes through my mind? Um, men. When I was 17, I felt so shitty. At that time, to be honest, I didn't even question it. I just wanted to feel better. And the person sitting across from me, although the conversation was hopeless in nature, like it was like, you're never going to get better. This is your baseline. You'll never do better than this. It's a degenerative disease. So you'll continually, you know, downgrade as you get older. Um, although that was the conversation, the possibility that I might actually feel better and you know that some of the like the paranoia or the thoughts would stop was in a certain sense it was it was there was a certain amount of relief there right it was like oh man okay maybe maybe shit's gonna start turning around and did you think like maybe maybe there's some maybe they're wrong and I'm okay like does that go through your mind it's like, you know, that yeah, I think it's it, like, it's like the, the pregnancy test or the cancer test where you're like, they're probably wrong. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a certain amount of denial that comes along with any diagnosis, right? Um, it's part of the, part of the process, I suppose. But I, uh, and to, yeah, I, I, I'm not necessarily, uh, sure that I accepted it at the time. I'm not necessarily sure that I ever accepted the diagnosis. And to a certain point I was starting to feel like I was starting to do better on my own, you know, six months, eight months into it, just kind of as I was starting, starting the medication. So there was that question, right? Like, Oh, like I had a few more good days that month, yeah. you know, but man, the, you know, the feelings and the darkness that, that were in, were in my head and, and, and the things that I lived, um, were real and it was something, it wasn't nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always questioned it, but I don't necessarily know that there's any value in staying there and wondering if it was accurate or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it, it was. Yeah. So what's the standard? I mean, it was, as in it, it was yeah. a diagnosis. Yeah. I didn't have a choice about it. Yeah. What's the standard procedure? So you get diagnosed, you were given some pill, then you're sent on your way? Like what, no, what happens? I, uh, so I was giving the medication and I think I haven't actually talked about this before so I might I might have it a little bit off but basically at the beginning I believe I went to see my psychiatrist every week okay um for but the you, first you were, you were still living in in the world and yeah I was never admitted in, yeah. I was I, I personally was never admitted okay. to to a hospital yeah. um cuz I think that's what when people think of uh, of mental illness, especially some of the the more severe, for the lack of a better word, yeah. they, they think of the Royal Ottawa where people live there yeah. all day, every day. So. Right. A lot of people at the Royal Ottawa are there by choice, too, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason there's no fences around it and why the front door is open. Yeah. Because you can walk in and walk out yeah. if you choose, yeah. right? I mean, there's a certain, there are locked doors <laughs> in within the building, but a lot of that's, for those are for extreme cases only, right? A lot of people with mental health issues, mental illness, they walk in and out of that building the same way that anybody else would. Um, but, you know, it's, it, 
there's, there's still a stigma or, or like an aura around mental health, like especially for, again, like I said, now the depression stuff may be a little bit less, mm -hmm. but some of the like bipolar um, disorder yeah. and uh, schizophrenia, like there, first of all, I don't think most people understand what, what, what they entail and mm -hmm. what people go through. I mean, my, this is a full disclosure hour. Um, my dad was bipolar. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to live with them for very long, but you know, you get, even when I was five years old, you kind of get like something's off and, um, uh, and like schizophrenia. I don't think most people, you could say like, if you do a quiz down the street, they would say, yeah, there, there's something wrong with their head. But I, I think if they actually kind of, kind of go in a little bit deeper, most people would, would draw a blank. Same with bi bipolar or a lot of the, uh, the stuff that we don't really understand. Depression, I think, is getting a little, obviously, it's getting more ink and it's getting more. Yeah, it's um, getting talked about more. Yeah, and, uh, and a lot of the more of the fun spectrum on the mental health side. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you know I know what I'm saying, like, I am, yeah. and I'm not making fun of mental health. No. Um, but it's just, it's something that more people are, are willing to talk about. It's a little bit more comfortable. It's almost like the easing into the mental health conversation because, if you're going into the, you know, the schizophrenia or the bipolar, that's, that's not an easy end. So. Well, schizophrenia is, and is one of those things that, you know, when you hear bad shit on the news and they call mental, mental health into question or they yeah. call, you know, they say the person may have had a mental illness. They're usually not, they never, almost never are specific or certain about the person's mental health, they all, but they call it into question anyways. Yeah. And I would say the majority of the time, people's, the stereotype or, or the stigma or, or where people's mind goes is to schizophrenia yeah. automatically. How, how would you define, like, let's say someone's walking down the street and says, so how, what is schizophrenia? How, how would you define it? Like, how hey, would I define it? Yeah. That's a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. There you um, go. It's your lucky day. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. You're putting me on the spot. Yeah. I mean, I lived it. What's, what is schizophrenia? Um, it's a... Oh, man. Actually, you know what? I don't think I can define it. Huh. Interesting. Is it, like, for most people, is it, like, voices in your head? Is it... Well, it's uh, different. It, it's, yeah. it, 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 I mean, it. it's not one thing, right? Okay. It, it affects people differently, the same as any other, and to varying degrees. And it's mostly um, subjective in terms of there's no test. Like, it's not like an IQ test. Yeah, no, there's no test. You can't take a... You can't do a blood test. No. You can't... Uh, no, you there's can't no see it on a... multiple choice. No. No, when I when I was diagnosed, I, I was given a brain scan, uh, but that scan was to rule out anything else at play. Okay. Um, like tumors or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Other than that, the diagnosis was based on observation, opinion, and interviews with myself and my family. And that was how they drew the conclusion. I think now they can, they pro they can probably see different activity in the brain, possibly, but that isn't a def definitive test that just shows a person's brain function yeah. is possibly within the realm of what I guess would be considered schizophrenia. Um, did, you, it, did you feel, um, I don't want well, less of a person. Did you, you know, it's, did that lead into depression? Like the, um, Oh what, yeah. What, the what, what kind of impact does it have on your day to day? That, that first of all, the fact that you have to live with this illness, but also the diagnosis, which is like you said, it's almost, it's a, Something that you have to live with for the rest of your life. Yeah, the diagnosis definitely brought on depression. Um, there was a, there was a certain amount of relief too hmm. in knowing what it was or what it was apparently. 
Um, but there was also a great deal of, of shame and I didn't tell anybody, right? Um, my family knew, my mom knew, my dad knew. Basically because they had to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was it. To my knowledge that those are the only people that knew. Um, I didn't tell my brother for quite a while. Um, not an easy thing to talk about, especially, you know, this was, uh, 15 years ago or something. years. Yeah. 16 years ago. Um, the conversation since then has changed immensely, which is fantastic, but it's, um, yeah, there was, there was definitely depression that came along with it. And, and that, like I said, that feeling of shame and, and feeling like you're hiding something, you know? So it's, you're, you're constantly, it's like, you're constantly on edge all day because you don't want to have that conversation. Right. So you're going to do your best to avoid it. And it's obvious that something's, you know, your closest friends know there's something up with you. You're not acting the way you you used to. You're not, your behavior is totally different. Like I was with, I withdrew from all my friends. I was an outgoing person. I was a happy person. And then, no. Was it almost overnight? It felt like it. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it wasn't. Yeah. But it felt like it. It was very, very quickly. Is there like a a date or or an event or something that you point to saying that's the time? Yeah, there, I mean, there are certain, there, there are certain days and certain events, uh, like an accumulation, right? There were certain things, uh, I mean, one being away from home, I went away to school for the first time. I was 17. I was really young. Um, I went from a really quiet living environment um, I mean, like the silence was deafening kind of place, right? You turn off the lights at night and you're like, oh shit, I can't see where my bed is. I better turn my light back on so yeah. I can get there. You can't see the hand in front of your face unless the moon's out. Very, very quiet, middle of nowhere, no neighbors. To living beside the Highway 20 in St. Anne de Bellevue with freight trains going by every hour of the night, right? Like, yeah. so there was one like not sleeping um, away from, again, like away from, away from home, uh, smoking a lot of, a lot of pot, uh, not eating properly, not taking care of my body, 17 late bloomer, a lot of physical hormonal changes going on, that kind of shit. Like boy, um, boy meets world stuff. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Totally. With zero support system. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I didn't have a support system. I was in Montreal for fuck's sakes. Like it was yeah. only an hour and a half away. Yeah. But you still feel like that, oh, I got to do this on my own. Well, and there's also, and then, there's not the structure that you've had for 17 years. All of a sudden that's taken away and you're like, good totally. luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there were, there were, there were stresses. And then I started experiencing these things. Uh, I started having anxiety attacks or panic attacks and not knowing what the fuck it was. <laughs> like, what is this? No idea. Uh, and you feel like you're going to die. And one in particular happened um, at a... Where was I? I was at a party and I was out on a, out on the back porch and we we're smoking a joint. And all of a sudden I just, I started to like, it was, I mean, if you've ever had a panic attack, I'm sure you know the feeling, but you kind of like zone out and everything becomes in my, in, I became really, really, really internally aware. Like I could hear my heartbeat. I could hear my, my breathing. I could hear sound, like the sound of my ears wax clicking, whatever it was. Right. But also you can see everybody, but they're just kind of like, they're almost hazy. 
and it's like that Charlie Brown teacher speaking to you. And, um, and I just couldn't, I couldn't breathe and you get the spins and you're like, what's going on? And you, I, my, my reaction was to run. I had no idea what was going on. It was just like, like fight or flight. I was getting the fuck out of there. And, uh, I made it, I think three steps into the kitchen, passed out, pissed myself everywhere. And, you know, I don't know how long I was out for, probably five seconds, maybe not even. And, uh, you know, woke up and you're like covered in urine, surrounded by people you don't really know. That's a good good first impression. Oh, totally, man. And, you know, you're 17 and wait, like, you want to talk about embarrassment and feeling more anxiety. I just, what do you do? Like, I picked myself up and went home, went home, lay in bed, didn't want to talk to anybody. So there was like an accumulation of things, right? Um, I don't know if there was a snapping point. No. Exactly. But uh, yeah, definitely definitely an accumulation of, and there's things like I remember the first time I, I, I uh, uh, first time I heard a voice and I was like, what the fuck was that? But my voices never, they were never necessarily external, but they were really, really strong. They were a really inter- internally strong voice, like, and it was always, they were never telling me to do something bad, like, they never, they never wanted me to risk my life or anybody else's, or hurt it myself, or hurt anybody else, but they were really, really, um, negative. It's basically negative self-talk that took the form of another person's voice in my head. Doesn't sound like fun. No, no, not at all. And then when those voices turn into several voices, it's like constant barrage of negative self-talk, negative voice in your head telling you that you're a fuck up. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's not pleasant. You just want it to stop. So what would you do in that situation? Like, is it, does it come on a little bit at a time or is it, uh, it's just like a, it's like a, a light switch or. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily have that anymore. I do still, I mean, I, I still have shit in my head. Um, Unfor- unfortunately, I think we, uh, we all do good stuff oh, and no, bad no, stuff. Tot- yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Totally. I think, yeah. I think, I think it's normal yeah. actually. Um, but now I have a better, a better handle on, on the thoughts that make it through, I guess. Um, or, you know, in terms of anxiety, I think I have a better handle on, what's true or what I believe to be true about myself and what's not. And it's not easy. There are times definitely where that spiral comes in and you're like, you can't like, it's so hard to jump out right when that negative self-talk happens and it just worst case scenario and everything just feeds into to it. And sometimes, you know, you get caught, but it's, I think there comes a point where you have to, just sit yourself down and be like, okay. And there's, I mean, there's for myself, it's usually a matter of um, trying to identify things around me that I can touch, taste, feel, smell. Um, but anyways, I think I'm, I'm kind of getting off track of that original question. But one thing that I used to do that, that somebody um, it was actually my doctor, my psychiatrist who's, who gave me this trick. He said, if you're, you know, if you use this as, as an example, if you park your car and your car is crooked 
And all of a sudden you have some negative self-talk that creeps up saying, oh, what, you don't know how to park a fucking car? Idiot. Get back in your car and park it properly. And some people might think that that is giving in to the voice, but what it's actually doing is shutting it up. So now that voice has nothing to say, right? Yeah. And maybe it's, um, I don't know, maybe you're doing the dishes, right? And you don't do the last two cups beside the, beside the sink. And that negative voice creeps in and says, wait, you, fuck, you're so lazy. Just do the cups, you piece of shit. And I'm using, like, yeah. my, like, I don't know if your voices talk bad to you, yeah. but mine, they use bad language yeah. sometimes. Anyways, and really it's just me. But you, you can either ignore it and let it eat at you or just do, the, do those two cups and you shut the voice up. And then, and it's a slow progression, right? So eventually you just do the things that you know bother you that are taking the form of somebody else telling you to do something in your own head. So it's almost like self-regulation. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's like, why would you do something that you don't agree with? Or why would you not do something that you feel you should do? And all those little voices popping up are, is yourself telling you to do something, but you're ignoring it. You're ignoring yourself. And when you do that, you're heading down the path of really bad mental health because you're ignoring who you are. You're, you're ignoring yourself inside. Why would you do that? Yeah. Unfortunately, we, we do that a lot of the times. Um, totally. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I still do yeah. it, right? We all do it. But if we can acknowledge that we do it, yeah. and then we can maybe change our behavior, at the end of the day, we'll, we'll, we feel better about ourselves. Yeah. I think while acknowledging it is, is huge in everything, and that's why it's part, I think it's step one of the 12-step program, and it's, uh, it's one of those things that if you don't, if you just ignore it, which is what a lot of people do, but a lot of different issues, it's just going to come and it's going to, the beast or the monster, whatever you call it, it's just going to keep growing and growing. Whereas totally like if you talk about just acknowledging it and doing whatever needs to be done and you can move on. Yeah. Speaking of moving on, how, how, how good segue. You like that. <laughs> I've been working on these at home, you know, while I'm doing dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you go from, from that state to being a very productive and very open-minded guy now? Yeah, let's let's go with that. Very productive. Yeah. I like that. I don't know that I'm super productive. <laughs> well, from the out, from the out, from the world, you look yeah, like a productive guy. No, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just. It's being, all about I'm, Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm just being just being yeah. hard on myself. Yeah. Um, this is a safe space. We're, yeah, we're good guys. You know what, yeah. man? I love this. Just to to plug the yeah. pop up studio again, yeah. it's really nice in here. Yeah, and there's this giant yellow wall. Yeah. And I like color and I like yellow because yeah. this is the color of happiness. And it's, yeah. anyway, and it's a beautiful day outside yeah. and spring has sprung. Yeah. Thanks for having us in your space. Yeah. Um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> how did, um, how did, how do you go from being in, in what would some people describe as a bad mental state right. to becoming, you know, a productive or, or you see every, every time I've met you, you've been a very happy guy and um, it seems like you're doing whatever you want to do. So it's it's almost like you, you defeated the monster. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know that I defeated the monster. I think the monster is always there. But 
you know, it's in the doghouse right now. It's chained up and it's there. And it's also not, it's nothing to be afraid of, right? The shadow of the monster is always a lot bigger than the monster itself. Um, just to throw that out. Yeah. Um, but what did I do? First off, I want to, I just want to say something that relates to that. A lot of people that are going through mental health issues constantly hear, you know, well, I did it. You can too. And I think a lot of people out there that are throwing that message around, just stop because it's not, it's not that easy. (laughs) It's not a matter of, well, I did it. So you can, everybody has a different starting point, right? Everybody has a different jumping off point. And depending on where that point is, is going to affect your, your end result. Some people might go a lot further and some people might not go as far. Right. But, but it's not a loving, it's not a, a loving it is a loving playing field it's not a level playing field which would be great if it was but it's not so just because somebody else did something doesn't mean that you have to do it too you just do it your own way and figure it out in whatever way you do great um what i did was totally by accident hey whatever works right well that's that's what it is It's, it's whatever works for you right um I had an openness and a willingness to want to change, which I think is the one thing that is key. And everything else kind of happened on its own, stumbling blocks. Just, you know, two steps forward, three steps back, three steps forward, two steps back, and, and, and slowly moving forward, right? But I think that's the key is you're moving forward. Even steps back are, are learning opportunities to move forward again. And my, the biggest thing that happened for me was uh, acceptance of it, whatever it is. And it was an acceptance of myself, really. And it was an acceptance of, okay, this diagnosis is a part of me. This, this diagnosis is a part of me, but it doesn't define me. And I'm like, I'm more than the diagnosis. And it's okay to be crazy. There was a, there was like an acceptance and a comfort in telling myself, this is a part of who you are. It doesn't define you, and it's okay to be this way. It's okay to feel this way. And when I realized that it was okay, that I didn't have to be afraid of it, that I didn't have to hide it, that I didn't have to protect myself from other people about it, that I didn't have to live in fear of this thing, that's really when I started to be like, okay, what, okay, what do I do? How do I move forward, right? And it just started... It, it, started by talking about it. It's funny how that acceptance is, is huge. Yeah. I, I had, um, I had a depression episode a couple of years ago, a friend of mine took his own life and a lot of stuff was happening at the same time. And I was kind of going in this downward spiral. And then one day I woke up, I'm like, instead of saying, I think I'm depressed, I said, I'm depressed. And then everything just kind of clicked in. It's like, I feel better already, like in five minutes. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not like I took, took, 
Valium or anything. It's just, it was just that acknowledgement and that acceptance. And it's like, okay, now I started making a list of what I do, what I, what I want to do to make myself a little happier. And I started yeah. doing a couple of those. Like it was nothing, like, like you said, it's not like it was like night and day, but it was just that little step. And then, then you can kind of build from that. So what were some of the, the, the habits that you rebuilt into your better, better self? You know what I'm talking about? Like that, just to get yourself into a better state. Yeah. Uh, that's, Habits are really important. Um, and I, so I, I picked up little tricks along the way from people, whether they were doctors or books or whatever it would be. One of the, one of the big things, one of the, the issues I had a lot of the time was uh, an inability to make a decision, to make a choice, right? Which can lead to things like feeling overwhelmed and, you know, lack of direction, not knowing what you're doing in the day, things like that. And little trick that my doctor gave me, he said, when you, so as an example, he said, if you want to read a book and you're in the living room and the book's in your bedroom, you get up, you go get the book, you come back, you sit down, you read it, which is like, seems ridiculous to say, right? But before that, I would sit in the living room and say, uh, I would, I want to think I might like to read my book and then I would just sit there what's I want to read my book okay what do I need to do to read my book well I need to go get it so you go get it and then you sit and you read it right it's a very simple example but it, it you can you can um you can grow that to anything in your life right you can scale that to anything so it was starting with that little thing of making a choice to go read the book and then okay bedroom, book, read, done. And then you can do that with anything. Okay, I want to be a camera operator. Okay, school, learn, industry, camera operator. That guy, you know, so you just scale it. Take a little thing, figure out the process and scale it. That was a really good trick. But it's funny because a lot of people still don't know that trick. No. It's, it's It's sad, unfortunately. Well, I mean, it's sad in a way, but it, it doesn't mean that they won't learn it. It doesn't no. mean that they can't learn it. Maybe they're listening to this podcast right now and they're going, man, that makes sense. I just need to, you know, I mean, it's the Nike saying like, just do it, yeah. which is, is true. Just do it. But you need to figure out the steps in order to do it. And uh, somebody like Gary, uh, I think it's Gary Vaynerchuk, talks all, all the time about reverse engineering. If you want to do something, you where do you want to be and then work out the steps backwards to figure out how you can get there. I mean, that's, a, that's maybe not an overly complicated, but a more uh, advanced way of looking at the same thing. It's like book, get it, read it. It's the same type of thing. You just yeah. you're, there's more steps involved in the bigger, more advanced future projects, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and what about nutrition? Cause we had chatted about this uh, before. Um, it seemed like your nutrition took a big, a big shift and it made a big difference in, in your life. Totally. That was one of the other things that, that really became a, a big factor in, in feeling better, um, was my nutrition. And I spent a long time not paying attention to it in those, however, say 15 years I spent like, it wasn't really until I was say 26, 27 that I really started to look at my, my physical health and my nutrition and it wasn't until I looked at it that I realized how much of a factor it was in my mental health. And it started with, again, it started with, with my doctor, uh, my general practitioner, 
and I was drinking like a, an insane amount of pop, like ridiculous. I, I heard amount. it's really good for you. Yeah, 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 all that sugar. Yeah. I mean, it's it basically it's just it's nothing. It's empty. Yeah. It's yeah. it just. Uh, I mean, it doesn't cause fat or diabetes at no. all. No, no, right. yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? Yeah. Sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> um, but man, I was drinking like I was drinking an insane amount of pop, like probably two or three cans a day, and then a couple bottles of two liter pop on the weekend. And you know, I ate a lot of McDonald's. I could probably like the people at the drive-through started recognizing me. I'll put it that way. <laughs> a lot of people go through the McDonald's drive-through. If they're <laughs> recognizing you at the drive-through, you're probably going through it too often. Which was me, yeah. and it was the late night shift, yeah. so it was a, often the same people, right? Anyways, oh man, double quarter pounder with cheese, two of them, yeah. and maybe ten nuggets at the same time. That's a but, healthy snack. Yeah. yeah, but no fries. Okay, well, then you're good. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. carbs, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because there's no carbs in the other stuff. You're yeah. right. <laughs> I was that person that every made, everybody made fun of. Yeah. That like, oh, yeah, the diet Coke yeah. at McDonald's. Yeah. Why? Just order the fucking Coke. Yeah. Uh, I did neither. I got a bottle of water. Oh, there you go. <laughs> See, that's so, that's so much better. Yeah, yeah. to wash down yeah. my two double quarter pounders with cheese and nuggets. Fuck, man. Anyways, but yeah, I started looking at my, I started looking at my, my physical health and my, and, uh, my doctor said if I would cut out one can of pop from my diet, like a, one can daily yeah. and didn't do anything else that over the course of the year, I would lose 20 pounds. I didn't have to do anything. I just didn't have to drink one of those cans. And I was like, oh, well, I can, I can, I can do that. I can not drink a can of yeah. pop. So I didn't. And then I started to notice it was working. So then I just stopped drinking pop. And within that first year, I, I lost a significant amount of weight and it fed into other things. It, it fed into, it fed into wanting to learn about how to be better, like to feed my body better. And, and there were people in my life at that time that had the ability to, to show me tricks and, 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 and give me tips and, and, sh and show me how to do things, which is one of the things that, um, that I'm really grateful for that. I've had people come into my life at certain times, um, that have been able to kind of guide me along the way. And those people aren't necessarily still in my life. They're still on my Facebook, but they're not necessarily, I don't see them on a daily basis like I used to, right? So health and nutrition was, was, was huge. What were the biggest takeaway from your transformation or however you call it, your, you know, your journey from probably not as healthy person to a, a much healthier person now? Sorry, my biggest takeaways? Yeah. Like it, in your, how has your daily habits changed uh, in other ways or, or was there something that really resonated with you after a while? Um, yeah, there are certain things that, that definitely resonate with me. I mean, one thing that was huge for me was that I learned that it was always easier to not do something than to do something in my own head, Right. So everybody, so in, in terms of like thinking about losing weight, right, or, or, or being healthier, having a better, a better diet, better nutrition, everybody's like, I have to lose weight. Okay, but you don't have to, you want to, but if you feel like you have to lose weight, then what do you have to not do in order to accomplish that? Because it's always easier not to do something. So if you're looking at your nutrition, my, my tricks were, okay, I'm not going to drink this can of pop. 
What do I have to do to not drink that can of pop? I have to not have it in my house. I have to not put it in my grocery cart. So for me, it was always easier to tell myself or to trick myself into not doing something instead of feeling like I had to do that. Like I, I have to go to the gym. I have to eat better. I have to, I have to, I have, no. The avoidance trick. Yeah. Yeah, it's No, actually I, I don't, I just, I don't have to eat like shit. It's, it's just kind of a, it's a, it's a flip of the, of the, of perspective or it's a flip of the, of how we talk about it. Right. And, and for myself, that was easier. Um, the biggest thing I think for myself in terms of my mental health and my day to day is, um, breathing and, and, and taking some time just to think about the situations that you're in or your life situation. Do you meditate? Yeah. Yeah. When I remember to, yeah. but did you, <laughs> did you take that up that habit after all this stuff went down or? Yeah. 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 It's man. Like I said, it's been such a journey. It's been such an experience. The person that I was when I was 17 doesn't exist anymore. Um, <laughs> I think we can all say that <laughs> the people who were at 17 is slightly different than the, the guy I am today. Man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you hope, right? Although you, there are still some people like Al Bundy that's stuck in high school, score four touchdowns in a high school football game. You know, I still tell you to this day. But right. Well, I, man, think, I think for the most part. Yeah. I won double gold in badminton in grade eight. Oh, there you go. I'll never forget about yeah. that. I still have the medals on my wall. Yeah. Come on. I won a speed skating <laughs> bronze in the 1984 Quebec Games. So yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. It was my first time speed skating, too. But, yeah. In 1984 Quebec Games. Yeah, I was like six or something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's my, that's my only claim to fame. Yeah. You're the only six-year-old to ever win the the Quebec Games. Well, probably uh, in their first time speed skating. I had regular skates too. I didn't have those long skates. That's long impressive. Places. Yeah, that should they should. There needs to be an asterisk yeah. beside <laughs> that in the in the record. He <laughs> yeah. wore regular yeah. skates. Yeah, you might have. It might. Uh, I don't think you can go fast on those. Bowers no. were they tax? <laughs> A few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Before we get uh, too much off off topic, uh, a couple of things that I want to cover before we uh, we wrap up. Um, what would you say to, let's say, a friend, uh, a friend of yours, comes over and opens up about his or her mental health issues? What was the, what would, what would you like to hear as someone who's been through? Because is there good ways to approach it? Is there bad ways? I think the only bad way to approach it is to not listen. I think the only thing, if somebody is opening up about their mental health, I think the only thing, um, as a person, as a loved one, who is sitting across from that person that's opening up. The, you're, the only job you have to do is listen. Obviously, a lot gets said about, you know, we have to talk about it. Let's talk, let's talk, let's talk. And it's important to talk about it, but I really think it's more important to listen. I think enough has been talked about. We, we understand to a certain degree, or we think we understand to a certain degree, how people are feeling. The only way now that we can further that conversation is to sit back and listen to the people who have now opened up about it. Um, there's a reason we have two ears and one mouth, right? And not to get super cliche, but we're better listeners than we are talkers, or we should be. Yeah. And I don't think there's enough listening going on right now. I think there's a lot of pretending to understand mental health and mental illness 
when really we have no fucking idea at all. Well, a lot of times. And that's fucking with a G pronounced on the end. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times when we're listening and and I was reading a book about this is that we're already thinking about the next thing we want to talk or we want to say as opposed to just being there and, you know, trying to understand the person or Mm -hmm. whatever's happening. So, yeah. yeah, And you're right. Like uh, a lot of us are, are good at speaking. Yeah. And uh, I think I'm becoming a better listener, but it's still, it's not easy because it's, um, society doesn't reward listeners. Not necessarily, no. So it's, they, they reward talkers a little it's bit more. Whoever yells loudest. Yeah. And that's, we've seen in some politics recently, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, it's not easy, but I, I think it's, it's a great, um, it's a, it's a great takeaway. I think it would be amazing if we could sit and listen more with the things that are being or have been said. And if we can just learn to, like you're asking me, what, what can a person do? Like just accept. Listen, accept, don't judge, and then listen more. And then maybe crack a joke. Because we think the mental health conversation that is going on right now is so serious. There is zero way we can ever accept it if we don't start laughing about it. Once we learn to laugh about how fucking nuts everybody is and how crazy we are as a society, then maybe we can move forward on feeling better. But until we acknowledge the fact that we're all crazy, that crazy is the new normal. It just is. It's a new black, yeah. Stop like, stop judging somebody else for doing something that you think is nuts. Stop judging somebody else's assumed mental health. Let's just all creatively laugh hysterically, make a few jokes about it, and then figure out what to do. I like it. Um, one more thing. Are you, are you still on, on medication? I'm not, no. I haven't taken medication for uh, a few years now, over three and normally when I have that conversation with people or normally if I tell people that, their eyes get the size of watermelons and they're like... Are my um, eyes getting bigger? No, 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 no okay. yours aren't. <laughs> um, but I, it's always kind of a funny conversation or a fun conversation on my end because I like to watch people's reactions. When I'm like, yeah, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia and I stopped taking my medication, yeah. which is the really short version <laughs> of the conversation, yeah. right? But that, that was a Coles Notes version we were looking for earlier. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but I was, uh, yeah, I was, I think it was 28... And uh, I went to see a new doctor and finally get a second opinion. And um, he suggested weaning me off my medication, which we did together. So under supervision, because again, I do not condone anybody going off their medication without speaking to a doctor about the possibility of doing it. Um, They'll help you do it if you want to do it right. And they'll let you or help you do it properly. But so... um, yeah, so I did that with my with with the doctor, and uh, we weaned off the medication slowly. I was off it for close to two years, uh, and then I had another meeting with somebody at the Royal Ottawa. And uh, normally, I guess if you if you have schizophrenia and you stop your medication, normally people will will relapse within a year and a half. And I so I went and sat with this doctor at the Royal for. Um, close to two years later and we sat and chatted for for quite a while and at the end he said I don't believe uh, that the person sitting across the table from me has schizophrenia 
which was a huge like relief, huge weight off my shoulder. It was it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful day. I mean, it brought on a whole other conversation of like what the fuck too. Uh, but I, I kind of chose not to go there on purpose because it, it, it doesn't, you, you know, people, people will ask me like, well, if you, you know, it means you were misdiagnosed maybe, but maybe not. Um, there are studies out there that think that it may actually be possible to get, to get, to be better and to come back from schizophrenia and, and to be better and to feel better and to quote unquote be cured. Um, and just on the side of medication too, a lot of taking medication and being prescribed medication after diagnosis comes with its own set of anxiety and stigma and, 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 and depression and, um, anxiety around taking it. Right. And I think for that reason, a lot of people decide not to take it. If you're prescribed medication, it's for a reason. And while I'm sitting here medication-free and, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is a whole other conversation, the medication is a tool. And it's a tool that's there for you to use to help you be able to look at yourself in the mirror and start to figure out what's up. It's, it's a really great Band-Aid. And sometimes you have to wear a Band-Aid for a long time in order for the wound to heal. And regardless of how long that is, it doesn't make you any less strong. It doesn't make you weak. It's just something that you have to do in order to be able to do your work. It's a tool, and we can use it. Very cool. Before we go, one question I ask all my guests, um, and most of them don't expect it, which is part of the fun, even after 60-odd episodes. What does wellness mean to you? You know, I've listened to the podcast. Okay. I've listened to this uh, podcast quite a few times, and I knew the question was coming. And leading up to today, I was like, oh, I got to think of my answer. I got to figure this out. What does wellness mean to me? And I totally didn't do my homework. And now I'm sitting here going, yeah. fuck. No, but what does wellness mean to me? I think it means, um, just in, I think what, I think wellness is just an ability to be comfortable with yourself when you're able to, I mean, it's doing the things that I guess kind of like we talked about, like do the things that make you feel good if that's what you want to do. But if you know, it's going to make you feel good, do it. And I, yeah, I think it's just being comfortable in your own skin, being able to sit with yourself and, and, um, and just, yeah, just, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just, I think it's just, yeah. Wellness is just, it, it, it's, it's body, it's mind and, 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 and your place in the world and being comfortable in it and knowing that you're not going to be comfortable every day. You're just not. Someday you're going to have a rock in your shoe. You know, your shoes are going to come untied. Your jacket's going to rip open. Those are all like physical material things, but metaphorically, you're not always going to be okay every yeah. day. It's not always about puppy dogs and unicorns. Yeah. 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 But being okay with that, right? Knowing that, you know, your place is still going to be there tomorrow. 
Yeah, and that's and that's the one. That's the beauty of this question because everyone comes at it from a totally different uh, frame of mind, which is kind of that's why you want that variety and and diversity. Uh, where can people find out? You have your own podcast. Um, you have website. Where where's the best people to connect with you on the socials? Uh, I do. Yeah. So my podcast is called Fireside Chat Podcast with Ben Dion, and we talk about mental health mainly and mostly. Um, it's uh, we call it an unsugar coated look at the things that make us human, the things that make us different or the things that make us the same. Um, it's what's our tagline? It's um, sharing from the heart to help you the mind. And so you can find me at um, well, on Facebook, facebook.com slash FS chats. Instagram okay. is also at FS underscore chats. People can send me an email if they want. Ben at sparkyourfire.com. Um, other websites. I've got a whole bunch. I mean, I'm a photographer, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Benjamin D. Photography. Okay. What, what else do you want? I think that's good. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to stop there or else okay. we'll be here all afternoon. Yeah. Thank you very much for taking the time. And I, I really appreciate your honesty and the fact that you don't sugarcoat things. You're like, no, this is how it was. And that's just the way it is. So it's, uh, and, and I think having that honest conversation is going to make a big difference uh, down the road. So um, again, thank you very much for your, your time and, um, and the fact that you're willing to talk about this. Not not everyone would be. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Uh, it's an important conversation, and I'm glad you're willing to have it. So yeah. thank you. You've been listening to Wellness Wednesdays. I'm your host, Eric Collard. Until next week, be well. 